Are you working on your author career, but struggling to get that first book published? Does the goal of being an author seem too lofty? Or thoughts of having multiple books and making a full-time living are as fantastical as living in Cinderella's castle? Welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where aspiring authors can be heard. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have gotten their foot on the author career path. Hear what they've done to get there and where they want to go now. Settle back. It's time for a bit of inspiration and advice. Come listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. All right, so let's move on to some author stuff. And like I said, I've got a very exciting topic I want to discuss with you because it affects me. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do is similar things. But before we talk about that, you've written several books. So what are some things that you've learned over that time that you're doing different than you did from the beginning? I've had such good practice in terms of two different forms. One is working collaboratively in the theater where you're working together to create something. So that's an odd comparison because here you are as a writer, for the most part, it's often a very, as you lonely, it's just you and uh, that damn keyboard there and, <laughs> and, right. and the glowing screen. Unless you're, and there are certain things that I learned in terms of collaboration, in terms of developing in in fiction especially scene work and characters and so on but the other experience i had of course was developing this educational material and even though that's a far it's a long distance from this kind of fiction some of the disciplines are very important as far as i can see the thing that i learned the most had to do with making decisions, often intuitive decisions, about whether or not I was going to write an outline the way you would, say, for a film script, or whether I was just going to plunge into the material and see what where I came out. <laughs> and those are two very different approaches. Yes, uh, yes. But but I have learned over the years that in some cases, it's better to just jump in and see what happens. And in other cases, it's better to lay it out. Or even if you don't start by laying it out, coming to a point in your writing where you say, oh, man, I better stop a minute. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I've been. I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, Charles, so when you're writing, are there any software or services that you like to use particularly or different? I'm a pretty simple guy when it comes to that. I write, I write, it depends. If I'm writing a film script, which I have not been doing much of lately, then, then oh, what's the name of that film script program? There's a script program that, that really is very beautifully set yeah, up. Yeah, I've heard of it. I can't think yeah. of the top of my head. But for the most part, I just write in Microsoft Word. Okay. I just 
sit there and I, that's what I'm, I've dealt with Microsoft Word. I've been writing on Microsoft Word. Now, I wish they'd stop putting bells and whistles on it because I don't need them. I'm just, for the most part, I'm just writing. But uh, yeah, that that's it for me is the simplest vehicle that will support my efforts without getting into a lot of fooling around and codes and everything. Just give me something I can go left to right, left to right, and (laughs) get it out there. Besides doing podcasts, what else are you doing to market your book? The social media stuff is, is very important. I've got it out some reviewers through this publicist who's always it's always helpful to have to have some reviews that come somewhat qualified people i haven't hit the front page of the book section in the new york times yet but but there are an awful lot of people out there doing doing very smart work looking at books and stories and you're doing part of that too. So part of, for example, part of my publicity will be whatever we come up with here on on your show today. That so and then, yeah. I was going to say, so let's uh, talk about some of that. So you've, part of your career life has been working with and inspiring young writers. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that and what exactly do you mean that you do to help inspire new writers? I think there's there are two situations that, that I'm used to. One is writers who are there because they just that's what they want to do. They want to they want to learn how to write. And then of course you've got a captive audience sometimes. So you've whether they want to write or not, <laughs> is the real challenge. Because I've literally had students, especially over the past few years when social media has taken over so completely, and they're like, look, I can get ideas across with a, with my just crappy shorthand. Why are you teaching? Why are you telling me all these things that I need to know about style? And why? So the truth is, that part of it is uh, learn the craft. It's like being a musician. You can't, unless you play scales, unless you can play scales, there's not much you can do. You can get up and sit there and smash away at a guitar or a trumpet or some torture, some instrument you turn into a torture machine, or you've got to learn the craft. So then the challenge becomes, well, how do you teach them the craft? I think that the most critical thing that I try to get across very early on is writing has a purpose. It you have things in your life, you have experiences in your life. Let's find a way for you to write about your lives. Let's find a way for you to write about how life is impacting you. How life is affecting you? What? Who are you in the world? And finding ways that are, you don't ask somebody to write a gigantic novel right off the bat. You ask them, 
okay, let's like, for example, I will start a class with two or three short exercises. One of them will be, okay, get ready. Either put your fingers on the keyboard or put your hand on a pen. You've got a piece of paper. Okay. Now, when I say go, you're going to start writing. And you're not going to stop writing until I say stop. And when I say you're not going to stop, you're not going to think, you're not going to edit, you're not going to say, no, that was all wrong. You're not going to do any of that. You're just going to write. And everybody goes, what the? So then I say, okay, never mind the what the. Let's just do it. <laughs> so they, they, they let, hopefully, I've defined it and gotten the idea across clearly enough. So they just let their crazy mind roll, their monkey chatter mind roll. So they first, so that's great because then they're saying, okay, nobody was killed here. I finished, look at what I wrote. And right. I, I finished it, and nobody said you're wrong, and that's terrible, and you've got to die. Then we move on, and I would say to them, okay, now we're going to write with some purpose. So now you've done this free writing. Here's an assignment for you. You are going to go with a friend to a museum, an art museum, and you are going to look at the latest exhibit of, say, Van Gogh paintings or whatever they, whatever's there. So you and your friend are going to go, but here's the deal. Your friend is blind. So it's your job to describe this painting to your friend. So then they get 15 minutes or something to, and I put a painting up on a wall, up on the I like that. PowerPoint, shoot it up there. A painting, something crazy. I want some, you can use almost any painting and say, okay, now remember, you are now going to tell your blind friend what this painting is about. So then they have a purpose. So then they see, oh, Look what's falling into place here. I'm trying to tell what the colors are, what the background is, what the what the what the objects or the characters or the animals or whatever are doing and what kind of impression it's giving me as I look right. at it. I like that exercise. I just so you know, I may steal that on sure. my website. I've got uh, exercises that I call yeah. imagination inspiration. And I, I might put that one up and steal that. So let me ask you, you said you worked for a nonprofit that created materials and stuff. What type of materials were you creating? And I assume these would be for schools. Oh, yes. uh, you know what? A comment first. I do like what you were talking about because one of the things I see is, especially in schools and not blaming them and not all schools, but they talk about, we're going to teach the kids writing, but they focus on only the craft and the sentence structure and proper use. And there's a whole other side to writing that you have to get the story out. You have to be creative, regardless right. of punctuation, regardless of spelling. You want you, That's the part that I think gets missed in schools. Often, I think I agree with you. And the trick really is to say, okay, let's have, 
So now you've had some fun. Usually on, say, this particular exercise I told you about the painting, the students will say, hey, that was fun, man. It was great. And they're proud to read them, and some of them are right. funny, and some of them are quite beautiful, and so on. And they got results. But then, of course, that's the time when you say, okay, now let's see how you said this. And is there any way that you could say it in a – I tend to work towards simplicity in terms of – I'm not going to teach you grammar, but I'm going to teach you to write straightforward, forwardly. And I'm also going to teach you, and this I use, and I'd be glad to send this to you. It's I say often to my upper-level class, these are university students in their second or third year, fourth year, I say, okay, now you're going to be your own editor. That's rough. So rather than having some teacher that you're writing for, you are going to be your own editor. And then I break that down into three different jobs that an editor has. And in those different jobs, you've got conceptual organizational editing, right? The big sort of big picture or organizing. Then you have an editor who's looking at what's called line editing, which is syntax and, and style and clarity. And then all the way down at the bottom is you are your own copy editor. And so you do this with material that they've drafted, right? They say, okay, now we're going to look at this from the overall editor's point of view. Now we're going to look at it from the line editors. Could you have said this more simply, this line? Why, you've got a run-on sentence here. What's a run-on sentence? Why does it detract from the clarity of what you're trying to say? How can right, we change yeah. that? These kinds Nice, of I like that. I try to drag, I try to bring it, drag it along beneath the purpose of, say, a good writing prompt. Where they yeah. get something on the paper, <laughs> and I like that because that's my thinking too. Because the yeah. kids get a lot of craft and grammar and spelling, they don't need that. They they get that, but the problem is that becomes the focus of the writing. So I've seen a lot of adults that they start writing, and you read it, and you're like, okay, where's the story? You've got a rambling narrative here that's no interesting story. That's no conflict. That's no real protagonist or antagonist. There's right. nothing that makes it a story. And I could care less what the grammar is if I'm not interested in the story. And I, I think kids need that. And then once you get a story there, then you can say, how can we now, how can we really make this work so it's moving? Yes. That's, that's important. They have a a framework, a context in yes, which yeah. sort of and, say, and they've got experience. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I see again trying to teach adults or kids something before they have experience in that. This was something I learned clear back in Boy Scouts that <laughs> you have them do something and see what they do know and get the experience. So when you're talking about it and teaching it, they 
get it better because like, oh, if I want to light a fire, I need to build it this way and use this material. And yes. that now that makes sense. That's why my fire didn't light. Yeah. And the same with stories. It's very difficult to teach somebody how to write a short story if they've never written a short story. So with kids, they're more open. Just get them out there. And now yeah. we can talk about editing, like you said. Right. And, the, and it goes all the way back to that very first exercise, which is don't stop because when you stop, that's you thinking about what you're writing about. I don't yes. want, nobody is, I say this often in my classes, nobody will be killed. You're in a safe place. Here. Right. So when you, worked, when you worked for the nonprofit, what were some of the materials you were creating to assist in this? We, the, this stuff was very specific supplemental material. In other words, it wasn't huge textbooks, but it was social studies and law-related education, which sounds dry as hell. But uh, <laughs> social studies, so U.S. When we're tackling U.S. and world history, depending on what grade. The most state public school systems have a set of standards where if you're teaching American history, you got to hit in the seventh grade you got to hit these numbers and this is what we're so you're keeping in mind that but you th this material was a lot of it was short almost like news articles on american history or world history current events in which not only are you writing this is why it was such a good exercise as a writer but you are also creating a basis for students to have a civil conversation about a topic. Do video games create violence? So first of all, you, gotta, you, you wanna write something, but you wanna write something that has to do with that topic and gives both sides of the idea and then channels its way down to a procedure in which you get them to explore what they've just read. Right. So it's very challenging writing because even though it's maybe at a, it's even harder because you've got very limited space, you have to really be careful what vocabularies you're using. And of course, it has to be in some way balanced. It has to in some way say, on one hand, we have this point of view about this issue. On the other hand, we have that point of view about that issue. So right. um, there's a lot of that. And then it just being the, the, the clarity, the exercise in clarity was, and it can get very complex. Law-related education is about constitutional law and the tension between what the Constitution says and what the world is all about, which we've seen <laughs> a lot of lately. That was the other kind of writing was had to do with taking up issues. For example, they would be now taking up issues about gun control or or women's right to choose right. reproductive freedom, so on. Yeah, the episode that I just am putting live this week had to do with someone who wrote it's a fiction story, but in the first chapter her protagonist has an abortion. And she wrote this two years ago, and it just so happens she's releasing it now, and it's very timely. So it's a, we had a good talk about that. The history thing we talked about earlier, you learn from fiction. 
if it's written right and good and fits and all that. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned video games, which I found interesting too, because one of the things I'm working on is doing a workshop for kids on writing for video games, writing story and writing narrative for video games, because we're getting more yeah. of that. It's getting bigger. And it's a form of entertainment that needs good story writing. It's not yes, it your typical beginning, middle, end. It doesn't follow the same arc. So it's an interesting new way for kids to write that could be of interest to them. Plus, it could lead some to programming or other skills. And video games are huge in our country right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think you, you, I think that's very right. And what the other dimension to video games in terms of story is that you're not necessarily dealing with a linear story. In other words, you have options in terms of developing video games where <laughs> you could be going in a, you could be hitting a crossroads and a whole other story would branch out. So there's a right. lot of there's just this tremendous now sometimes all of those possibilities can drive you crazy, but certainly video games is great and a lot of I feel like a lot of of what we're seeing on coming up on on Netflix and some of these other channels has to do with kind of stories that that really can't be told in a simple beginning, middle, and end. A different right, thing. Yeah. So, Charles, do you know or have or recommend or something for teachers or parents or even just kids? Any materials that are out there? Some books or training courses or anything else like that. They want to get into writing. They just don't know where to start. For kids, it's. I've had. Let's see if I've got all of them up here. I've got a million of them. This one, dry though it may be, this is this is the beginning and end of everything in terms of style, as it says. It's about style. It's not about story. I also used in my class. For a long time, this is a this is a big thing, and I wouldn't say it's something for the students to necessarily know about. But have you come across the writer's journey? I've got that exact copy. I've got that same cover, and yeah, I've got that one too. As well, you should. It is. It goes to the heart of what makes up story in terms of our collective consciousness are collected this is basically joseph campbell the sort of the the mythological historian all of his work boiled down into a storytelling yes and one of of the other things i do is encourage teachers parents kids to write fan fiction because it's a world they know they don't have to think about the world and the world building and so much and the characters it's a good way to get started writing and again once you have that experience of writing you've got some writing under your belt the grammar and other stuff makes a lot more sense and is easier and i think too many schools and teachers and it's not their fault they have a curriculum they have to do common core and all that jazz but i think to really encourage good writers when we start them early in school fan fiction is a great way to do it yeah no that uh, once again, that's kind of the part of the theme you and I have been talking about here is 
get some stuff on the page and then we'll look at it. Let's right. not out about, oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong. Oh, let's get something down there and right. have a good time with that and then see what, what we can do to make it stronger, clearer, more impactful, all the good stuff that comes with style. Absolutely. All right. So, Charles, we've had a great discussion, and you're going to read a chapter from your book here in a moment. But before we do that, before we do that, do you have any last minute advice for new authors or young authors? Um, I think, again, I I don't want to qualify it too much. Basically, my, my fundamental suggestion for new authors and young authors is write about what's important to you. Now, what, and it, it can seem trivial to somebody else. It doesn't matter. If you can convince us that it's important to you, then you've told us you've succeeded. Yeah. About the things in your life that are important, that impact your life, the things that, that, you feel either are unjust and need changing or things that you love about your life and write about them as as fully and clearly as you can even if it's the time you had a you, you went swimming with some friends and you went over a waterfall or who knows what the and write write from there first and then from there, you start looking at what other people might think and so on. But first. Got it. Great, sure. Charles. Great. I appreciate that. Good advice. Thanks for chatting with me today. We've had a great discussion about your book and writing in general. Absolutely. Yeah. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website. Go to Amazon. Look them up. Get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for. So people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use. So I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out, discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you. 